Last week, uh, we had Joe Cogan here, who is the uh, regional youth facilitator. And as part of her uh, talk introducing us to the LT for Youth and our role in youth ministry, she invited us to think about uh, people in our past who have inspired us, who have helped shape us in our understanding of our ministry. And I'd like to take that a little bit further this week. At the 9.30 service this morning, we're going to spend all our time exploring that reading we heard from Second Kings, the story of Elijah and Elisha. And we're going to spend time in four groups. One of the groups will be praying with that reading. One of the groups will be responding to that reading with some art. One of the groups will be telling stories of those who have gone before us in this parish and how we have inherited their mantle. And one of them will be spending some time thinking about people in our own past and how they have shaped us and the mantle that we have picked up from them. So, what I'd like us to do this morning is to get into groups of two or three and spend a minute or two either talking about stories of those who have gone before us in this parish and what mantle we have inherited from them, or, and it is an or, people who have shaped and inspired us, people from our past, and what mantle we have inherited from them. So... I invite you to go and sit next to someone if you're sitting far, far apart and talk about this three there, so they're all good. Uh, talk about those who've gone before us in this parish or those who have inspired us from our past and what mantle we have inherited from them. <coughs> So if the person is talking now, I would like to finish what they're saying. <laughs> well... Does anyone like to share anything from their conversations? Yes. Yes? We nearly felt, except for John, who wasn't here much, that Don was a Don Wilberforce. Right. And also Edward Dallymore. Right. Yep. Right, those three people. Yep. It's good to know. Any others? <laughs> oh, right, yes. Right. David Moxon. DJ Mox, right. 
Right. And Joyce. So there are many, and it's it's important to think about them and to remember them and to think about, although some of them are still around, uh, to think about what is what is the mantle that they have passed on to us and how have we picked that up and continue to live that out. So I'll let you to continue to think about that. Uh, while I um, kind of make some more comments. Uh, In my last ministry in particular, one of the themes was around succession planning. How do we, how do I, um, intentionally pass on that ministry to another person? It's not something we usually talk about. Normally uh, we just do our ministry and then at the end of it we hope or assume or pray that somebody else will come along and pick it up. But actually for many of our ministries in a church, that is something we need to be thinking about. How can we pass on what we're doing to the next generation? But as I said in the pew sheet, there is a big but in all of this. I've just finished listening to a book by a Northern Irish writer called Peter Rowlands, and he was exploring the idolatry of God. So what he meant by that is uh, he was exploring how the Christian church has turned turned God into a commodity we sell with the promise that God will meet all our deepest longings and hopes and desires and will fill all our gaps, and as a result of that we will find long-lasting satisfaction and happiness. And he says that that has nothing to do with Christianity. That at the heart of Christianity isn't happiness, but a cross. And Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. And he finishes by describing some events that he has run with others in a scungy little pub in Belfast. I know it's scungy because I've been there. Uh, But on the day that I went to these events... Uh, the pub owner forgot to turn up, so we had to go to a much more upmarket pub down the road and do what we were going to do. Uh, and these events, in these events, they've explored doubt and uncertainty and ravelling as good things that lead us to God. Doubt and uncertainty and unravelling. And in one of the services, he describes how they finished by having everyone who'd been given a page from a theological text at the beginning of the service turning around and handing that to the person next to them and saying, my beliefs broken for you. My beliefs broken for you. What on earth were they on about? Well, as I listened to that, a light bulb lit up in my head and I think I got what Jesus was talking about in the reading we heard this morning. Now, that gospel reading we heard is one of those we wish that uh, they hadn't included, really. It kind of blows out of the water the the idea that Jesus was a nice person with deep, penetrating eyes that made people feel warm and fuzzy. I don't think Jesus was like that at all, and today's readings is where we meet the real Jesus who just made people feel pretty uncomfortable, really. So what was he meaning when he said to people, you can't go and bury your father? That sounds pretty harsh, really. Or you can't go and say goodbye to the family and the loved ones who have helped shake you up to this point. In some ways, what he was saying 
in this morning's reading is you can't do what we just did. You can't look back and think about all the people who have shaped you. So what was he on about? Well, I think we can all agree that the law can be summarised in the phrase, love your neighbour as yourself. Uh, And everyone at Jesus' time would have agreed with that. That's said in the Gospels. We heard Paul say it again this morning in his letter to the Galatians. It's a pretty key phrase. Love your neighbour as yourself. The trouble with that phrase, as we will discover in a few weeks uh, when we have the story of the Good Samaritan, is that the phrase your neighbour was generally understood and is still understood today, I I would posit, in a pretty narrow way. The people we see as our neighbours, and certainly in Jesus' time, the people seen as neighbour looked pretty much like you did. They were people from your family and your community. And they were the people that you were to love, because they were the people that God loved. And everyone else, you didn't have to worry about them. So, because of their upbringing, because of their beliefs because of the culture they came out of, a whole lot of people were invisible. And that is true today. So what you believed and how you put that into practice was shaped by your family and community. But Jesus was on about something much, much bigger. What he taught about and how he lived, even in this morning's reading. I mean, the thing that comes to me as I hear that story of Jesus going through a Samaritan village and trying to make preparations for staying there, the question I had in my head was, what on earth is a Jew doing in a Samaritan village? Are you kidding me? That is a ridiculous thing. Jews and Samaritans, well, they hate each other. And at the extremes, they wanted to kill each other. Uh, You can imagine those crazy Baptists in America who hold up signs at a soldier's funeral saying this is all happening because America has gays and signs saying God hates faggots. Well, there would have been Samaritans around going God hates Jews and Jews carrying signs saying God hates Samaritans. So what is Jesus thinking he can even stay in a Samaritan village? That's a ridiculous thing. And yet, well, he was willing to give it a go. And you could see that animosity coming through in the reaction of the disciples. Shall we call down God's wrath on this village? Consume them by fire as Elijah had done. Jesus says no. He lived a much bigger vision of who God was and who his neighbour was. He kept mixing with all the people that his culture and his religion said, these are not your neighbours. You should have nothing to do with them. And he kept saying, these are our neighbours. Now he knew that if people came to follow him, but kept looking back to what they'd been taught by their fathers and by their communities, that their vision of who was their neighbour 
and their compassion would grow much, much smaller. And so he said to them, No, you may not go back and bury your father. No, you may not go and say goodbye. Because those are the very people who will make your compassion small. And they will narrow down your vision to being people like you. And that's not what God is about. So if you really want to come and follow me, you have to leave all of that behind. In a sense, he said, you have to break your beliefs for your neighbour to even recognise your neighbour. And I think that's equally true for us today. That our beliefs keep us safe. They define who is our neighbour and they define how we should approach our neighbour. And we need, like those disciples with Jesus, to break our, our beliefs open. So while it is good to look back and see whose mantle we inherit and how we live that out, and I would keep encouraging us to do that, we have to do that with Jesus' words in our hearts. No one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So it is important to consider whose mantle we're picking up and how we are passing on that mantle. But as we do that, we also need to ask, what separates me from those around me? What beliefs and attitudes and priorities blind me to my neighbour? What might I need to let go of so that I might see as Elisha saw? What beliefs, do I, that, what beliefs need to be broken for my neighbour.